beloved in Jesus name amen, amen. do you know that God loves me so much amen. and do you know he loves you too amen, amen. I think let's remind ourselves you can say it for yourself I say it for myself I thank you father that you loved me so much thank you for your love our God loves us and he cares for us. He's mindful of us. And what a blessed Sunday we had last week. Also when the Lord <coughs> showed himself strong in our midst. And that's what he does. He heals us. He protects us. He provides for us. He is a good God. Amen. Amen. And uh, <coughs> his love is amazing. I want us to start from Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 5, ERV, just so that you will be reminded about this God whom we serve, the Lord who is our God. And his love is amazing. And each day he's thinking about me. But he's thinking about you too. Amen? So, unlike people who have moods, unlike people who might not think about you every day, God is thinking about you as his beloved. Amen. Zephaniah 3, 5, ERV, Mr. MJ, let's start there. But the Lord is still in that city, and he continues to be good. He does not do anything wrong. He continues to help his people. Morning after morning, he makes good decisions for them. Not a day passes without his justice. He never gives a decision that is crooked or something to be ashamed of. Amen. With such a kind of God, can you be defeated? Can you be destroyed? No. With such a kind of God who continues to be good, who wants to help us, who is always thinking about us. Morning after morning, he makes good decisions for us. Even today, he was making some of them. He'll continue to make some tomorrow, every day. With such a kind of God, I cannot be defeated. Amen? Can you tell your neighbor, with God on my side, I cannot be defeated. So it doesn't matter what the enemy would try and do, any pressure that he puts in your life, God is for us. And he is our victory. He loves us so much. I want us to go to the book of Romans chapter 8. So we are continuing with the power of his love, part 3. Romans chapter 8, from verse 31 to 39, we are going to do it in the Passion Translation, Mr. MJTPT. And I want you to see how great God's love is for us. Remember the other time we read where the Bible says we need to understand, to know and believe this love. And then the Bible also says his love is so wide, his love is so deep, his love is so high, everything about his love. But I want you to look and realize that actually his love Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from his love. Even your troubles cannot separate us from his love. Even the enemy cannot separate us from his love. 
Anything that the devil may try to do cannot separate you from his love. He loved us so much with his unconditional love. Amen. Amen. And even those of you who went off track, off rail, he still loves you. And he wants you back home. Amen. Amen. He wants to restore you to himself. So Romans chapter 8, verse 31 to 39, Mr. MJ. So I want you to look at how determined God is. Actually, uh, when I was meditating about this, I realized that I can't think of anything that defines God's relationship with us more than his love. Amen? Amen. His love is what made us to be who we are today. His love is what reached out to us even when we were yet sinners. Even when some of you were written off, but you are still here because God loves you. Amen? His grace is so amazing. And he has determined that he will always stick with me. And I will never abandon or move away from him. Romans 8, 31 to 39, the Passion. So, what does all this mean? So, what does all this mean? <laughs> if I've said all these things, what, what does it really all mean? Let's hear what it means. If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, whom then could ever stand against us? Can you tell me? If God has determined that he wants to stand with me, who then can stand against us? No one. Because if God has determined to stand with me, no one can successfully stand against me. Because God is on my side. So he says, tell me, if God has determined, so he is committed, and he says, I want to stand with them. I want to be by their side. I want to be their shield and their rear guard. I want to be their defense. I want to be the one who lifts them up by my right hand of power. If God so determined to stand with us, who can ever stand against us? Mm -hmm. For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. So if he has given us his greatest treasure, do you think there's anything more than that God could have given than his only begotten son? If he could give us that best gift, what else can he deny from us? Continue. <clears throat> and since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Yeah. If, if he could give me Jesus, he can't withhold anything from me. He can't in, withhold from me divine health. He can't withhold from me financial success. He can't withhold from me protection. Any other thing, the fact that he gave me Jesus, he can't withhold anything from me. Amen? So whatever you need, it's not greater than what God can provide. That's why the Bible says God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can think or ask according to his mighty power that is at work within us. So he will never withhold anything from us. Mm -hmm. Who then will dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? Mm. God himself is the judge 
who has issued his final verdict over them. Not guilty. Okay. Mm. Did you see the verdict? The final verdict. So it means people may say to you, hey, you were a scalm, yo. You were this, this, this. And you need to say to them, the, the master has given a final verdict. Amen. Not guilty. So it means all of us, we can really have that assurance in God that when we come to Christ, when we give our lives over to the Lord, he makes us brand new creation in him. We are declared not guilty. And that is a final verdict. And it's given by God himself. Amen? So it means if anybody wants to accuse you, it says... Who can then dare accuse us? If anybody wants to accuse you, tell them the final verdict is not guilty. Amen. Amen. Because of his love. It's not because of anything that we've done. Amen. So it's because the blood of Jesus has cleansed us from all unrighteousness, from all our sins. That today we can be called the righteousness of God in Christ because of his love. Amen? Amen. So we are declared not guilty. Continue. Who then is left to condemn us? Mm. Certainly not Jesus, the Mm. anointed one. For he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he, since he is continually praying for our triumph? So what, what is Jesus continually doing? Praying for our triumph. You mean each day he's praying for my victory? Yeah. Jesus really doing that for me? So I cannot be defeated. It means even if today it may appear like you are down but you are not out. Amen? Amen. It may appear like the enemy has the upper hand, but he does not have a final say. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus is continually praying for my victory. And I'm more than a conqueror. Because Jesus is praying for me. Continue. Who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed? Yo, you see now, It means sometimes people can divorce you. But who can divorce you from God's love? Mm. Amen? Amen. So people may divorce you, but God's love will never. Amen. Mm. Amen. Mm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely no one. No one. Mm. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us. Mm. Troubles? Uh Uh-uh. Pressures and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. Amen. Mm. What about persecutions? How? Deprivations, Mm -hmm. dangers, Mm -hmm. and death threats? No. For they are all important to hinder omnipotent love. Mm. Even though it is written, all day long we face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than a sheep to be slaughtered. Yet, even in the midst of all these things, 
we triumph over them all. Hey. Mm. So, in all these things, so anything that you can think of which the enemy thinks he can destroy you with, which the enemy thinks it can make you desert God, anything that you can imagine will triumph over it. Amen. 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 No weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. Any tongue that raised up against you in judgment will be condemned. Continue. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. Mm. And he demonstrated love. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Okay. I, like, I want to, to pause a little bit there so that you get this. His demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Remember we are talking about the power of his love. So his love demonstrated in me is my victory over everything. In other words, I can have confidence. I know that he loves me. Because he loves me, he will provide for me. Because he loves me, he heals me. Because he loves me, he will protect me. Because he loves me, he will do everything good for me. Because he loves me. Amen? So it means if I know and understand his love, I can live in victory. So his glorious victory over everything is because... uh, our glorious victory over everything is because of his love. It's because of his unending love. Continue. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. Yes. Mm. I live with that confidence. That's the confidence I have too. That there is nothing in the universe with power to be able to separate me from his love. Nothing can separate us from his love. And I've got that confidence. I don't know about you, but I've got the confidence that nothing in this universe can separate me from his love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, Mm. life's troubles, Mm. fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. Mm. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances, that can weaken his love. Mm. There is no power above or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. Do you see how much he loves me? Do you see how much he loves you? Can you have that confidence that he loves me so much that nothing can separate me from his love? Not even principalities, not even powers, not even troubles, not even persecutions, not even what I may go through. Amen. Amen. Because God is determined to stick with me all step of the way, every step of the way. But of course there is an enemy. You know that God loves you so much, but there is an enemy who hates you. God, because some of you may be saying, but if God so loved me, why is it that such and such a thing, a bad thing happened? If God so loved me, why this and that and that? It's because there is an enemy who hates you. There is an enemy who, when God wants things to go well with you, the enemy wants things to be hard for you. He wants you to suffer. (laughs) 
there was a certain regret song. They say, born to suffer, something like that. Then I thought, sure, born to suffer. <laughs> then it means that person doesn't know the love of God. How can you just be born to suffer? Mm-hmm. It means you don't know the love of God. So the one who wants you to suffer is your enemy, the devil, who's roaming around like a lion, seeking him whom he may devour. So let's look at John 10.10 in the Amplified Classic, and you will see this very clearly. When we started this subject of God, uh, the power of his love, we showed you how Jesus said, if you being natural parents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father do to his children? He wants to do you good. Okay? We looked at the story of Job last week and saw how the enemy wanted to destroy Job. And everything that he did in the life of Job, but yet the love of God remained steadfast. And God restored everything that Job lost. Amen. So look at how... Jesus distinguishes the work of the enemy from his work. Because some of you, whenever things happen in your life, you keep on saying it's God. You remember even Job, when we read last weekend, I told you, Job did not read Job chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Job. You remember when he said to his wife, you mean you speak like, a, he said you speak like a foolish person speaking to other fools. Do you mean we should only receive the good things from God and not receive adversity also? And I told you, the good things from God was right, but the adversity or the bad things were not from God. Because we read Job chapter 1 and chapter 2. Amen? So, look again here, Jesus clarifying it. He clarifies what he does, and he clarifies what the enemy does. Amplified classic John 10.10. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. Yeah. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Do you see what Jesus has come to do? He said he has come so that we may have and enjoy life. You need to enjoy life. Amen. Amen. You can't just be hanging by waiting for the Lord to come back. Enjoy life. Have have life in abundance. He says you must have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. But there is an enemy, the thief, who has come to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. So if anything was ever stolen from you, it was not your father. It was your enemy, the thief. If anything was ever killed in your life, it was not your father. It was your enemy, the thief. Anything ever destroyed, the enemy, the thief. It's just like when the enemy wants to to kill you or to destroy you. You know what he does? Besides stealing something, he can even steal some of the connections that you've got, he steals that so that you will be exposed, so that he can get you, kill you, and destroy you. That's the purpose of the thief. So, you know, if 
in the kingdom of the enemy, in the devil's camp. You know, in, in our modern world, in our work, usually we've got KRAs, key result areas. We'll say performance result area one, two, three. How did you do on one, two, three? So I think in the enemy's camp, they've got these three KRAs. Steal, kill, destroy. So how did you do on the stealing one? So if the demons are accounting. And what about on killing? What about on destroying? That's what the enemy does. But what does the Father do? What does Jesus do? Jesus has come that I may have and enjoy life. So you need to enjoy life. Amen. Amen. If you haven't been enjoying life, it means the enemy is stealing something from you. If you haven't been enjoying life, if you haven't been enjoying your children, your marriage, anything that you have, the enemy is stealing you from you. He can even steal your joy. Amen? You know that sometimes he would steal your joy so that he can kill you. Many people that are depressed and end up committing suicide, their joy is stolen, they have got no reason to live, and then ultimately he kills them. Amen? But Jesus has come that I may have and enjoy life. And have it in abundance till it ever flow. Amen. Amen. So look at Psalms 35. Because the Lord has pleasure when things go well with us. It pleases him. Like any other parent, don't you like it when your children succeed? Amen. Don't you like it when your children are healthy? Amen. Huh? Who, who among you gets happy when your children are sick? Yeah. Yeah, teaching that child a lesson. No, you don't do that when you're a parent. You feel affected when your child is sick, isn't it? Amen. Amen. So, my father likes it when I succeed. He has pleasure when I prosper. You know when you've got children and your children are doing well and they're flourishing? You like it, isn't it? Our parents, they like it when they see us blossoming. Amen. Even God likes it when he sees me succeeding. It can't be that all these nice things in this world are laid up for the unjust. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And the Bible says that the, the silver and gold is the Lord's. Amen. Amen. So look at God's attitude toward my success. And again, even all those who like it when I succeed, you will be blessed. But if you are jealous of my success, unfortunately you are standing against my God. So listen to this. Psalms 35, 27 and 28, New King James Version. says, let them shout for joy and be glad. Who favor my righteous cause. Any of you who favor my righteous cause? Any of you who favor it when the pastor succeed? Amen. Shout for joy and be glad. Amen. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So what pleases God? My prosperity, my success. Like any other parent, you like it when your children succeed. 
So it pleases God when I succeed. The Lord has pleasure in my success. Can you say that for yourself? The Lord has pleasure in my success. It pleases the Lord when I prosper. Amen. Yes. Some of you think it's wrong to prosper, it's wrong to succeed. And you were taught the, 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 the doctrine that says you should have nothing here on the earth. But my God, when I look at the Bible, I see God, Jesus saying, you must have and enjoy life, you must have abundance. And I hear God's other name, he, he is called the God who is more than enough. He is El Shaddai. So here, the Lord be magnified who, who has pleasure in my prosperity. And my tongue shall speak of his righteousness and of his praise all day long. I'll keep on speaking about his goodness. Because he has pleasure in my prosperity. True. He's got pleasure in my prosperity. And all of you who favor my righteous cause, keep on praying for me. And say, may it be well with the servant of the Lord. I'm also praying for you. Amen. Amen. Look at the elder in 3 John 2. 3 John 2. Other versions would say, I pray. Beloved, I pray for you. I pray that you may prosper and be in good health. Now, look at this. 3 John 2. I will do it in the King James Version. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper. And be in health, even as your soul is prospering. What is God's will for you? That you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Let me explain this. Last week when we were praying for the sick, it's good to get healed. But can I tell you, it's best to stay in divine health. Amen. Amen. It's good to get healed when you are sick. But it's even best when you are staying in divine health. So that's why for me, what I do is that I don't wait to be sick to confess healing. Every day of my life, I say, Lord, I thank you that I walk in divine health. And that is the word. It's almost like, you know, in the medical field. They do a thing called a vaccine to try and prevent a certain illness from coming your way. So in God's word, God's word can heal you when you are sick. But it also can serve as a vaccine that prevents illness from coming your way. So that's why here it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that it may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Did you know that it's so good to be in good health? You will only realize it the day you fall sick. You see, when you are sick, now you realize how nice it was yesterday when I was well. So treasure the moment. Amen? Every day, just thank God for divine health. And did you know that it's easier to confess healing when you are healed than when you are feeling sick? So it's easy to say, Father, I thank you that I'm healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus when you are in divine health. Isn't it? So keep on saying it. You don't wait for sickness for you to speak health. 
It's like this. I like giving this example. Do you know that some people, they wait to have a very big car accident where the car would even be beyond repair and you have escaped and you say, the Lord is mighty. You see, I've survived from that car. It's a good testimony, but the best testimony is even when the car was never in a wreck. Amen? In other words, I don't have to wait first to say, I've escaped from that car. Can you believe I've come out of that car? You can see the power of God. So the power of God is there even without me getting there. Amen? So similarly, when the Bible here says, I wish above all that you may prosper and be in health. So it can't be wrong to prosper. Because the Lord has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And here the elder says, he wishes above all that I may be, I may prosper and be in good health. And that's God's verdict. Amen. It's not about what people think. Because if you ask what people think, they will tell you their ideas. But God who loves you, he wants you to prosper, he wants you to succeed. And if you look all through the Bible, you will see how God teaches us how to succeed in life. He teaches us how to walk in victory in life. Because he loves us. Deuteronomy 5.29, New King James Version. I want you to look at this love of God. And just see that God wants things to go well with you. Yes, it's God's desire that everything may go well with you. Because he loves you. He wants things to go well with you. You might have been told other things about how cruel this world is. Some even think how cruel the Lord is. No, your God is a loving God. Amen? And when you do right, when you are in that place where his love can reach you and you get your victory, it pleases God. Deuteronomy 5.29, New King James Version. Look at, listen to what God says. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments that it might be well with them and with their children forever. You see what is God's wish? So this was the time when the Israelites, you see, the Israelites used to live with God like this. When things were fine with them, they would forget God and they would go into slavery. Okay? But when things were bad, they would want to repent and now want to serve God like some of you still do. When things are fine, you forget about God. When you are in trouble, now you are the greatest prayer warrior. Be a greatest prayer warrior even when you are not in trouble. Amen? Yeah, you don't have to wait for troubles to make you stronger in the Lord. Amen. So it says, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. God wants it to be well with me. He wants it to be well even with our children. Amen? So it means we've got to stick with God and always think, God is thinking about me. He's thinking good about me. He wants to do me good. He wants things to go well with me. He wants me to succeed. He loves me. He wants it to be well with me even in this life. And if you can be consumed by that, you will be able to use your faith for anything. Because you know God loves you. Amen. Isaiah 3.10, NIV. 
<laughs> I like this one. Because the Bible tells me what I must tell you. The Bible tells me what I must tell you. The Lord tells me what I must tell you. You know that sometimes and pastors can tell you a lot of things. And some of them is stories. It's good when we tell you what God said we must tell you. What did the Lord say I must tell you? Isaiah 310 NIV. Mr. MJ, what does the Lord say I must tell these people? Tell the righteous. Okay. Are, are there any righteous among us? Amen. So he said, tell the righteous. So can you lift up your hand and see what I want to tell you? What must I tell them? It will be well with them. Oh. Amen. That's me. It will be well with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. Amen. Can we all say amen? Amen. I'm here to tell you that it will be well with you. You don't even need somebody to prophesy over you that it will be well with you. It's already, God already said it will be well with me. So you can speak it for yourself and say, Father, I thank you that you said it will be well with me. The pastor told us today, as you told him, to tell us that it will be well with us. Even my situation will never be the same. Things will have to change. Because God said it will be well with me. He is planning good things for me. Jeremiah 29, 11, the message translation. He says, for I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I like this. Jeremiah 29, 11, look at God. He says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. God says, I know what I'm doing. I know the plans that I have for you. What are his plans? Plans to prosper me. Plans to take care of me. Plans to make it go well with me. And he says, it's not plans to hurt you. It's not plans to harm you. It is your enemy who intends to harm you. But as for me, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a good future. Now, I like it here. It says, plans to give you the future you hope for. So what kind of a future are you hoping for? Some of you are hoping, you never know. Things may just go bad from here. Is that the future you're hoping for? So he says, I know the plans. I want to give you the future you are hoping for. So may you please dream big. Amen. May you please believe big. Amen. May you please think big. Amen. Because you serve a great God. Amen. You serve an unlimited God. Amen. Because sometimes people will say, don't have your hopes too high. Don't have your expectations too high. You will be disappointed. That's what people say, isn't it? Don't have your hopes too high. Have your measured expectations. But God doesn't say that to me. Look at Proverbs 23:18, Amplified Classic. Because God sees it in a different light. So if people tell me not to have my hopes too high, if people tell me to paper my expectations, mm -mm, I want to dream big. 
Because I serve a big God. I serve a great God. I, I want to trust God for great things. You know we've got a song. He has done. So you see, that's what God does. Not small things. It's like some of you are saying, he has done small things. Uh-uh. He has done great things. Bless his holy, holy name. Our God is good. He is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He is so good to me. We can worship a bit with that one. We're coming back to this. Worship. Tell him. Somebody lead us. God is so good. He has done great things. Let's continue. Mm-hmm. He is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He so good to me. He has done great things. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. He has done great things. He has done great things. Bless his holy, holy name. Amen. He's so good. He has done great things. And this is the kind of God whom we serve. Proverbs 23, 18, Amplified Classic. For surely, there is a latter end, a future and a reward. And your hope and expectation shall not be cut off. Amen. 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 Surely, there is a latter end. It's not going to end like this. There is a better ending. And my hope and my expectation shall not be cut off. Amen. I'm believing God for great things because he has done great things and he keeps on doing great things. He keeps on doing great things. Mm-hmm. He keeps on doing great things. He keeps on doing great things. He keeps on doing great things. That's the kind of God whom I serve. 
He keeps on doing great things. Hallelujah. He keeps on doing great things. He keeps on doing great things. Hallelujah. He keeps on doing great things. That's the kind of God that I said. Amen. That's why I will dream big. I will believe big. I will trust God even for bigger things. Because my God is great. Isaiah 54, 1 to 6, message translation, Mr. MJ. Isaiah 54, 1 to 6. I want you to look at this. Because of that, you've got to think big. You've got to dream big. You've got to believe big. Sometimes you have an expectation, you are trusting God for something and another thought comes and says, you will be disappointed. Your expectation will be disappointed. Your expectation will be cut off. God says, my expectation will not be cut off. There is a latter ending. I may not be there yet, but things are not ending like this. Amen. Amen. It's not ending like this because God loves me. Isaiah 54, 1-6 message, Mr. MJ. Sing, barren woman, who has never had a baby? Fill the air with song, you who have never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with you are ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. You see, you see how God puts it. He says, You who's never had a baby, who never experienced childbirth, it's not ending like that. You, it's not ending like that. How are you going to end up? You are going to end up with far more children than even all those childbearing women. It's not going to end like this. Who said it? God says so. Oh. Amen. Amen. So can you repeat that and tell us who said it? So repeat what God said. Sing, barren woman, who has never had a baby. Fill the air with song, you who have never experienced childbirth. You are ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Amen. And God says so because, you know, sometimes faith is like you are out of your mind a bit. <laughs> because your situation says, like, yeah, it says, you who never had a baby, you who never gave childbirth, is like Abraham and Sarai. They were called... Abraham was called later a father of multitudes, even before he had a single child. So his circumstance at that time was he has no child. But what, God, what did God say? God said so. You will be a father of multitudes. Yeah, it says, you who never had a baby or who never experienced childbirth, you are not going to end up like that. You are ending up with far more children. Amen. That's how it ends. It doesn't end when I'm down. It doesn't end when we are down. It only ends when we win. Because we have read the end of the book. Go to verse 3. No, continue. Dear lords of your ground for your tents. Yeah. Make your tents large. Yes. Spread out. Yes. Think big. Oh, how should you think? Big. How should you think? Big. Big. Yes. Stretch out even your faith for greater things. 
Some of you have got ideas. You've got business ideas. Think big. Whatever you're trusting God for, think big. That's the kind of God we serve. He says spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the ten pegs deep. Mm -hmm. You are going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. Mm -hmm. You are going to take over the whole nations. Yes. You are going to resettle abandoned cities. Yeah. Now look at verse 4. Because verse 4, it's similar to what we read earlier in Proverbs about your expectations being not cut off. Because the moment you are thinking big, the moment you've got big expectations, people will quickly come to you and say, you better watch out. Your expectations will be disappointed. You will be disappointed again. That's what the enemy does. And he instills fear. Now, after God said I must think and dream big, what does he say in verse 4? Don't be afraid. Mm. You are not going to be embarrassed. Yes. So when that fear comes and tell you, you will get embarrassed. Do you think it only comes just with your hallelujah? Do you think your hallelujah can give you this? That's the enemy parading. <laughs> the devil is the same. Just like he was during the time, we remember with Goliath and the Israelites, Goliath would come there and keep on defying the armies of the living God. So the devil hasn't changed. When you are trusting God for something, he will keep on coming and tell you, you're going to be embarrassed. Do you think he's the Holy Spirit? <laughs> so you should know the voice of the enemy. Because if I'm trusting God for something and now another voice says, you better watch out. You're going to be embarrassed. Then you must know that's the voice of the enemy. And the voice of a stranger I will not follow. Continue. Don't hold back. You are not going to come up short. Amen. Mm. You'll forget all about the humiliations of your youth. Mm. And the indignities of being a widow will fade from your memory. So it means I may be somewhere today, but I'm not ending here. Amen. I'll forget about even those humiliations. Mm. Mm hmm for your maker is your bridegroom. His name, God of the angel armies. Your redeemer is the holy of Israel, known as God of the whole earth. That's my God. <laughs> the one who is known as God of the whole earth. That's the God I serve. Amen. While people have their gods, there may be a particular God that's only known in India. <laughs> or in a certain tribe. But my God is the God of the whole earth. Amen. And when people have gods, the other time when we were talking about, yeah, we were talking about something and then uh, I think Blessing said this, about with God, unlike, you see, other, many nations usually they would have a God of, they would say there's a God maybe of fertility or a God of protection or a God of prosperity or a God of that. I've got one God who is everything. He's the God of everything. In other words, I don't go to one God for protection and then to another God for healing and then to another God for provision. He is all I need. He is the God of the whole earth. And that's my father. Amen. Continue. You were like an abandoned wife 
devastated with grief. Mm. And God welcomed you back. Mm. Like a woman married young and then left, says your God. Amen. It's not ending when I'm still down. I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. You remember the other time I gave you the story of this? There was this cartoon of a... Uh, I think there are these big beds in, 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 they are found next to the rivers, especially where they swamp, swampy areas where there are frogs and that, because they like eating frogs. Those ones with big, big, uh, big mouth like this. So there was this cartoon where the, <coughs> that big bed, it, it took hold of a, 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 a frog like this, and the frogs, head was inside the mouth of that big of that big bed and the frog had used its hand to choke the hand the 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 neck of that bed and the caption underneath was it's not over until it's over amen, amen. so my head may be in there but i'm holding on <laughs> amen so you need to be a fighter like that you can't just allow the enemy to, sw to swallow you very easy. Your head may be in, but it's not over until it's over. Amen. 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 You need to have an attitude of a fighter. Because every promise that God gives, he's able to confirm it. Amen. God is watching over his word to fulfill it. Amen. Jeremiah 1.12 Amplified Classic says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. So it means if, I, if my expectations get high because I've seen something in the word, the owner of the word wants to fulfill that word. So I can trust him. Because I did not write, how many of you know that I did not write these verses? I'm just believing them. Amen. Amen. The Lord spoke his word, and I'm believing it. Amen. So, and he, the owner of the word, will confirm it. Yeah. It's not your responsibility to confirm the word. You know, the problem with most of us as Christians is that, you know why you have this mentality? What if it doesn't happen? Yeah. You did not write it. So why are you concerned what if it doesn't happen? Let the owner of the word fulfill it. Yes. And he says, I am watching over my word to fulfill it. So as you are holding the word, you will not be disappointed. Keep on holding on to that word. The owner of the word will confirm it in your life. I like this. Read, uh, Mr. MJ, read for us Joshua 21.45. Because I want you to see that when God makes a promise... His promises are always yes and amen. Joshua 21, 45. His promises are always yes and amen. You know, some people usually say this, and I haven't seen such a verse, but I heard, I heard people. God can answer in three ways. I haven't seen such a verse. I heard people. He can say yes. He can say no. He can say wait. And I looked all over. And I don't find such verses. I find a verse that says, the Lord's promises are always 
Yes and amen in Christ Jesus. That's the verse I know. Amen. Amen. So if there is a promise, God's promises are always yes and amen. Not yes and no. Amen. So the yes and no, it's man's imagination. Amen. It's not the Bible. My Bible says God's promises are always yes and amen. So read it. Joshua 21, 45. Look at this. NIV. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. <laughs> Repeat that. That's, that's what my Bible says. And that's what I believe. Repeat it. Not one of all the Lord's God's promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Amen. Not one of the Lord's God's promises, of the Lord's good promises failed. Every one of them was fulfilled. Can it be that also in your life all of God's promises will get fulfilled? Whether it's a promise about healing, let it be fulfilled. Promise about protection, let it be fulfilled. Promise about success and financial prosperity, let it be fulfilled. Promise about peace, let it be fulfilled. Amen. 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 Let all his promises be fulfilled upon your life. As you hold on to the word, the problem is that we sometimes don't hold on to the word. We hold on to stories. We hold on to God is not pushing over anybody's stories to perform them. He's watching over his word to fulfill it. Amen. And let's, let's, let's land with Romans 10. Verse 6 to 13. Because I want to show you that with all these promises, when you see God saying something, when you know that God loves me, now go and see what he has said. And take it and make it your own. Believe it and stick with it. And when you believe it, speak it also. Sometimes you hear some of us speaking things here. I'm confessing my faith. Amen. When you hear me saying, the Lord said he will protect me and preserve my life and I will live long on the earth. I'm confessing my faith. I'm not boasting. I'm speaking what I believe. Amen. When you believe, you must also speak. Because the word of faith speaks. Romans 10, 6 to 13, NIV says, But the righteousness that is by faith says, Don't say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will say, descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. How far is the word? It's near me. Where is it? In your mouth and in your heart. <laughs> your word is near you. It's not near the pastor. The pastor's word is near the pastor. In his mouth and in his heart. Your word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. You know there are people who don't <laughs> who are like that man. You remember the man in Mark chapter 9 when he came to Jesus and said, Lord, if you can do anything, have mercy on us 
and heal my son. Jesus says, what do you mean if I can do anything? All things are possible to him who believes. So he's saying, you want me to believe for you? Believe. Amen. Amen. So the word is near you. Can you say it for yourself? The word is near me. It is in my mouth and in my heart. Amen. Amen. That's why then you've got to keep on speaking it. Let that word dwell in your heart richly. As you are absorbing more of the word, more of the word, more of the word, more of the word, more of the word. And when you are under pressure, what will come out? The word. Because you have sowed yourself with that word. So he says, the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, what do you declare? Jesus is Lord. I want to say Jesus is Lord over every circumstance. (laughs) Jesus is Lord over my body. Jesus is Lord over my finances. Jesus is Lord over my family. Jesus is Lord And proclaim him as Lord. Over your life first, that's when you give your life to Jesus. But every day of your walk, may Jesus be Lord. Don't allow the enemy to rule in your territory. Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As the scripture says, you see again the hopes will never be disappointed. What did the scripture say, Mr. MJ? Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Oh, Mm. is that what the scripture has said? Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Other translation says anyone who believes in him will never be disappointed. So when there is a whisper saying to you when you are trusting God, you better watch out, you will be disappointed. That's the voice of the enemy. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blessed all who call on him. He richly blesses all who call on him. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Okay, so it says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now let me link that with verse 9. It says you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Okay, now, Bible school students, you know the word salvation. It's not just meaning (laughs) that you are saved, you've got eternal life and you'll go to heaven and all that. The word salvation is all-encompassing. It also includes sound mind. It includes deliverance. It includes healing. It includes prosperity. It includes everything. That's the word salvation. So if it says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, it means when I'm a sinner and I haven't accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior yet, when I call on him, when I declare him as Lord, I get saved. Amen. Now, if I'm sick and I call on the name of the Lord and I declare Jesus as Lord, I get healed. Amen. If I have a need and I declare Jesus as Lord over my finances, 
And I say, Jesus is Lord. I get my financial breakthrough. So anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In other words, whatever you are trusting God for, you will get your salvation through the name of Jesus. There is no other name given under heaven or on earth by which we must be saved. Only the name of Jesus. That's why even if you don't know many things, at least know one thing, the name of Jesus. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run unto it and they are safe. So you may not know many things, brethren, but know the name of Jesus. So even when maybe you're moving and something goes, Jesus, instead of Maui, you must call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Because that verse doesn't say anyone who calls on the name of Maui shall be saved. You know, that's how we grew up. Hey, but it means we trusted our mothers. Eh? Hey. You know how we grew up. You trusted mommy that anything, Maui! You call on the name of, ma- of mommy. Sometimes you got saved, sometimes not. But anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. So it means when I say Jesus, I'm safe. Amen. Amen. There are times sometimes when you won't have enough time to quote the full verse. You just say in the name of Jesus. You call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And David knew the power of this name. You remember when David was going to face Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17? He says, you come against me, talking to Goliath, with a spear, a sword, and a javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The, uh, the Lord of heaven's armies, whom you have defied, defied his name. I come against you in Jesus' name. I come against you in the name of the Lord. Amen. So that's why I'm saying as we experience his love, we need to know how to use the name of Jesus. For there's no other name by which we'll be saved. So you might be here and saying, Pastor, what you're talking about, it sounds like good things. But I don't know how to experience this. I want that as we are concluding, I want to give you an opportunity. If you haven't as yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all these things that I'm saying to you, they would not work for you unless you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. You believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins And rose again from the dead. And you confess with your mouth. That Jesus is Lord. And then you will be saved. So I want to give you an opportunity. If you are here. And you know. You have not as yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you want me to pray for you. Pray with you. Can you lift up your hand if you are there. And you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Are we all in? Can we all enjoy the benefits? Do we also all know how to use the name of Jesus? 
The same way that you called on the name of Jesus and you are saved and you are a child of God today, you can use the same name of Jesus in every circumstance. By the way, when you believed, did you see Jesus? You just believed him by faith. So the same way that you believed him by faith, even before you see the results of what you are trusting God for, just believe. That's why the Bible says from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. And the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And we live by faith. So the same faith that I use to accept Jesus is the same faith that I will live by day by day. So I would give us this opportunity to stand up and thank God for the word that you've had. Just acknowledging his love.